0: Well hello and welcome to this episode of the Mother Brand podcast. Do you know the Steve Jobs quote all about connecting the dots? It goes like this, you can't connect the dots looking forward, you can only connect them looking backwards, so you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. I love this quote, it's an amazing way of seeing how decisions and experiences in your past have aligned to bring you to where you are today, but also to reassure yourself that the best is yet to come. Do you always feel like you know exactly where you're going? Well, if the answer is no, then you're definitely not alone. And you're also going to love my interview today with Ruth Kudsey. Ruth is a mother of two, an internationally recognised award-winning coach who runs ICF-certified coach training academy, Optimus Coach Academy. In today's interview, Ruth's sharing her journey to date, from quitting her job as deputy head of a busy London school, to coaching one-to-one to to now running a million pound business around her family which is improving the coaching landscape and hundreds of people's lives at the same time. In this interview we talk about how you need to do what's right for your family, the fallacy of the overnight success narrative, ways in which we can stop the not good enough negative chatter and why it's so important to surround yourself with the right people. I hope that you enjoy my interview with Ruth Kudsey. (laughs) is the a Mother Brand Podcast, and I'm your host, Noni White. I'm a former TV producer director turned mother and entrepreneur, passionate about showing more mothers that you don't have to settle, that there is a way to be the mother that you want to be and do work that you truly love, that works for you. On this show, I'll share simple strategies for building a life you love, based on business development and personal development through the lens of the science of well-being positive psychology. I'll also be sharing interviews with inspiring female founders and my own insights and experiences from the front line of juggling motherhood and business. Now let's get going with today's episode. Ruth, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. It's it's absolutely brilliant to be here. How are you doing? I'm really good.
0: I'm so excited to have you, to talk to you. We've known each other on and off for, for a good couple of years now. We've been yeah. sort of in each other's spheres. De- and, definitely. And I've really, really enjoyed and been fascinated by watching your career grow and evolve. And now we're actually working together. I'm one of the people on your Optimus Coach training as well. So, involved in yes. that side of the business. But uh, what I really wanted to look at today was your career journey to date really and how you've worked that around your family and how you've made it work for you so if we rewind when did you leave your job job and set up by yourself
1: it's a bit of a funny one because I I went on maternity leave so I went on maternity leave with my second daughter in 2016 and I'd already set up my business and I actually resigned from my job what were we? the 24th of November probably about five years ago to the date today, resigned from my job because I'd hit my revenue goal, hit my income goal. And then I actually had to go back and do a little bit of, you know, notice and all of that jazz. So I officially left in April 2017.
0: And um, what was your inspiration for leaving and setting up your own business?
1: So I used to be a senior leader in secondary school. So I was deputy head, assistant head. Um, I did that for senior leader for about Eight years um in education for I think about 12, 13 years. And I knew that if I wanted to be the mom that I wanted to be, I couldn't do the job. It was that simple. So even when I when I had my first daughter, and when I had my first daughter, I was doing bits, but when I had my first daughter, I said, What about doing um like flexible working? Like what how about if I do four days a week? And it was just, just a no. And I remember my boss saying, you're either in or you're out. And I had a couple of people on my team who wanted to go part-time who were like heads of department. And he said, that's why he's like, for me, no, you're either in or you're out. That's it. And that was very much the culture there. Um, And I knew that I wanted to be the mum that would be at the school gates, picking up, dropping off, that would be there. And I knew I couldn't do that if I worked in education. And it's actually really, really shocking because there is a massive attrition of women and senior women. So you know, i I was on a I was on a fast track. I was I was called a future leader. I was I had hundreds of thousands of pounds invested in my development because they saw me as a future head teacher and that I had all this potential. But I felt I didn't have a choice, and it wasn't actually it wasn't only the choice about. Being, being the mum I wanted to be, I was getting very, very disillusioned with education. And I, I saw a documentary last night, actually by Rio Ferdinand, which reignited how I felt. And the fact that there was just not support for the most vulnerable in society. And when you could see this kid is really vulnerable, how can we help him? The answer kept being no. It was very difficult to stay aligned with the values I'd say and and that isn't the school's fault I say that is a policy fault so I'll I'll go that into politics I won't really
0: (laughs) so it was two things it was the kind of disillusionment with Mm -hmm. the system in you were in which you were working but also the fact that the system in which you were working didn't allow you to also be the mother you wanted to
1: be yeah yeah
0: I mean, that's that's just a a big problem in all sorts of different industries. So brutal, because obviously we're not just the worker. We also are mothers raising the next
1: generation. Mm. I mean, I get it. I understand why people don't prioritise young people, because they don't think... it. if, If you're thinking long term for any country, economically, welfare, everything, if you invest in young people and mothers then you're going to be building the future economic growth of your country, let alone the well-being, let alone reducing crime levels, everything. However, politics in the UK and in many other countries don't work on a long-term basis. So that's not going to win you votes. It's, it, it's like business. you know. It might take you five years to make serious money in your business, but then when you're there, you can build and grow, but people want that quick fix. It's the same with everything in in life. It's like, actually, why why have we decided that a long game isn't a game we want to be in when that is the game that is going to have the biggest impact for everybody?
0: That's the only game. Yeah,
1: it is the only game
0: it's so bananas that people would rather think okay well for now we need this this and this we, we don't want to think about that but as you say that that is our future that you know the happiness of our family units and the happiness of the children produced from them mm. that's our future those mm. are the future people of the planet i oh, know i find it really bizarre it's crazy so, <laughs> i find
1: it bizarre as well
0: so you left and what did you do next
1: So when I left, I'd always, I'd already got my business. So I've been doing a lot of leadership coaching as a senior leader. So I've been doing a lot of coaching internally, but I'd also been doing leadership coaching externally, probably for about, four or five years, I've been doing a lot of leadership coaching. And I've been training as a coach. So that had always been in my mind. So I did some like online stuff first. And then I did some more formal qualifications, postgrad, all adding to my previous experience. So I knew that coaching was a bit of a thing that I could go into. I knew that I was a great leadership coach. But I wanted to get as far away as possible from education when I left because I felt scarred by it I'll be really honest I I felt unsupported um not not specifically by my school and my old head teacher who's now retired was amazing if you ever listen to this he was absolutely unbelievable however I felt kind of unsupported as a person within the system so rather than doing using my contact contacts doing leadership coaching within the education space which would have been relatively straightforward I decided instead that I was going to set up my own business and I was going to start doing confidence and career coaching so if you know about coaching you can apply the skill of coaching to anything so that's how I started I started in April 2016 so I started off coaching kind of friends of friends people within my network and then in August 2016 I set up my first Well. I didn't set up my first Facebook group I think I I set up my first Facebook group in July 2016 added all of my friends got really scared when someone I didn't know wanted to join and realized that I needed to kind of learn a little bit more so August 2016 set up my first Facebook group called Career Change Mums and started to do things in there and that's when I started to get clients who didn't know me. And you wrote a book as well about
0: career change for women, about um, finding work they love, which I love that book.
1: Yeah, I I wrote that book. So end of 2017, beginning of 2018. So it came out in 2018 in August, September time. So that, that was kind of a continuation. I think I spent about the first, I mean, to begin with, I was just working with people one to one. I had a baby like a tiny baby I was going to networking events with my youngest Sophia and um you know she was there she came to the mall everyone fell in love with her they still do and I was like I, I just have I have to make this work so yeah she went to nursery quite early on but only like some afternoons and it was really like a juggle of childcare and Working. And it was, you know, I remember thinking oh, I was quite ironic because I've done this to spend more time with my kids, but I'm not spending all my time with them. But I was like, like you know, we're told all these things that we're meant to do, aren't we? Like, yeah you know, you're meant to take this long maternity leave. You should be with your kids the whole time. People love to say to me at that point, um, you're going to regret this. You know, you're never going to get this time back. And I'm like, okay, I'm working three afternoons a week. Which means that now when my kids are five and seven, I pick them up and drop them off every day at school. I'm there for them pretty much all the time. So actually those three afternoons a week, if it means I get five afternoons a week with them, it's worth it. So anyone listening, if anyone's saying to you, oh no, wait, or you shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't do that, just think about what you want to do. Such good advice.
0: And so your coaching practice grew um, um, what happened next
1: yeah so my coaching practice grew and I was finding that lots and lots of people who are, were coming to me in, in kind of business programs had either done some coach training or hadn't done coach training and they were they really wanted to be good at what they did my clients are like ethical they they're, they're not they're not pe- they're people who take great pride in what they do they're people that are professional and they want to do well and they're like you know they felt either their training was lacking or they hadn't really had the training and they didn't really know where to go. So it took me quite a long time to come to the decision to actually start my own training school. So I think I, it was about a year in the making. And then the way that it works is your first cohort, you run the course and it's not accredited. And then when they finish the course, you can accredit the program and they can become accredited as part of it. So obviously, I didn't massively advertise it because I wanted it to be people that I knew. And it was all existing clients or people that had worked with me. And then two people that were referred, um, a mother and daughter who were referred from somebody else I know in, in the online world, actually. So everyone kind of knew. And we started at the beginning of 2020. So we actually met in March 2020 for a two day in person gosh and then the world went crazy and then the rest of it was meant to be online anyway so that was our first cohort it's crazy actually to think and so since then we had we've had 12 additional groups either complete the training or currently in the training and we've got at least four groups for february 2022 so it's grown a lot and it's really interesting because I mean, somebody like I, someone did this this thing of me. Um, like my PR got me this thing in in a newspaper, and it was saying. And I don't really like the narrative. It's like you know, I went from naught to X in two years. But the reason I went from naught to X in two years is because I spent three and a half years building my other business and had that reputation. So a lot of people came over, and I spent twelve years working in education. And however long, you know, 27 years studying psychology and neuroscience, and they've got a master's in psychology and education. Um, You know, I used to train teachers. So it's very easy to see. oh, my gosh, in two years this has happened. But actually it's like, no, that's just what you see above the surface. You don't see, you know, and even getting the people onto that first course, you know, we were meant to have 10 people and two people dropped out just before we started. Yeah, that was a real concern that we had these people dropping out because I knew that we needed to have five people finished, and I was like, Oh my gosh! And it would be really easy to give up then. So many things that have happened that you'd be like, Oh, okay, but you, you, you can't, you have to keep going, you have to be like, Right, this is what I really believe. And it, you know, I, I didn't, and I never have, like, I've never been like, Oh my gosh. You know, this is going to be. I'm going to be super successful. Blah blah blah. It's never really been about that for me. So, growing a business in two, like that has grown that fast in two years, where the clients are at the centre. You know, it hasn't always been smooth sailing. It really hasn't. But it's been worth it. What would you say your biggest challenges have been? A hundred. Right, two things. Me. So, me. Uh, you know definitely control freak sometimes like finding it difficult to let go probably sometimes like taking on too much Um, and then I would say team and I would say that team is down to me as well so everything like you have to take radical responsibility for everything but I think team part of it is because I genuinely want people to be the right people. So I'm going to share this story because it's absolutely okay to share. But, you know, I had my best friend as my assistant for 18 months. She had never worked in an industry like this. Her background is like hospitality and, and hairdressing. But I knew she was really good with customers. And she was amazing at some things. Like the event, she was brilliant. She's so, like, she's so personable. She got on really well with people. But there were loads of things that she had never done before and I basically said to her like at the end when when I said look I don't think this is gonna this is working and she's like I know I was crying she she was like she was much much more relaxed than me but I said I've created a job for you that it's like the impossible job and the thing is as an entrepreneur you will do everything but when you take somebody on they need to have the right skills or you need to have the time to train them and you know, it was great working with my best friend. We went to LA together. We had all of these great things. Was it the best business decision? No. Would I change it? No, because I think that you learn from everything. But I would love to say that I learned from that. And then I kept getting, you know, the people who've got the right skills. Again, when you are somebody who naturally sees the best in people, I it's like I wanted people to work out. So, often like not listening to your gut feeling often you know somebody having a job where they had to be really detail focused and them not being detail focused and being like oh well maybe they can learn they didn't want to learn so lots and lots of challenges over team but again that would always be back to me so now we're in a had some amazing people you know my niece worked for us a bit she was brilliant yeah we've got another lady who's working for us she's just starting the coach training in february in february actually and she's literally like a friend of my husband's sister and she's brilliant equally you know our training team are really really strong but equally the challenges have been probably when i haven't given myself time to manage So my diary would be pretty much full. And then there'd be somebody that I'd be having to manage as well. And I wouldn't have the the headspace, I wouldn't have the capacity. Or I've got somebody in who maybe isn't the right person for the job, because I like them. So there's always so much learning. And what I would say to anyone here is it's really easy to sit here and say, oh my gosh, like, You know, i do it like this again. I think I would, you know, I'd want to be really clear on job specs and I'd get somebody who had experience and the skills, first of all, to support me. You know, it's great to say, like, hire for values and all of that. And that's what we used to do in education. However, when you are a startup business, you will probably not have capacity to hire somebody only on their values and not their skills. Because you won't be able to give them the time that they need to nurture and build them. So being a leader is different than being a doer, and I should have known that. <laughs> I didn't.
0: So it's it's almost like uh, when you have your own business, it's what's the phrase like next level, new devil, or something, you know? So you nailed the coach, yes. you nailed the business, and then you came up with this great idea, and then you were able to create the actual content but then the next Mm. challenge for you was building a team and and leading that team
1: yeah because it's and it's ironic because obviously I used to lead teams that's what I did but you know I never led remote teams so I was very much a leader like when I was in schools I, I would be make sure that i'd see everybody in my team every day so if i didn't see them in the staff room i'd make a you know i'd make sure that i kind of was what past their classroom just put my head in ask them how they were maybe ask them you know. so i'd always be that kind of water cooler coaching coaching conversations coaching in corridors type person very very different online and very very different when you have multiple different challenges And I remember having this realization that as a deputy head, I think I used to teach like 10 lessons a week and a normal teacher would teach 20. But I was trying to run a business, which would be like a head teacher teaching 20 lessons a week. And I was like, okay, so this is why it's falling down. And the thing is that I was able to do all of my bit but I wasn't able to develop others. So now we have two directors in the business. So one of them is our training director, Julia, who's amazing. And she does so much of that role for me. And then Mr. Kidsey, my husband, is our marketing director. So having those two in the business has really allowed us, allowed me and freed up my time to step up because there's so much more I want to do. Like I want to start a charity or a CIC around coaching for young people you know I took a step back from my own coaching business at the end of the summer because of there were things going on internally and I knew that I had to it's like I have to step up and lead rather than think about this in 2022 I want to be you know running a mastermind again I want to be coaching more I want to be you know doing different things I'm I'm not somebody who sits still, and I'm what what is known as a manifesting generator in human design, which basically means you get like five thousand ideas a second. So um, yeah, I know that I need to build that into everything that I do.
0: It sounds like looking back at your career trajectory, it, it reminds me of that Steve Jobs phrase: that, "You know, you only know mm. where you're going when you join up the dots from where you've come from." Does it feel like that? Do you feel like you kind of stepped into a a whole version of yourself where you are today.
1: I, I, I 100% do. But this is, and I think this might be interesting for people. So I, I originally started after uni. So actually, I got a job as a management consultant for PwC, straight from uni, went travelling. Something called the IT crash and September the 11th happened. So I didn't, I that never happened. I didn't, go, I didn't get that job. And interestingly, one of the NCT dads, nct national child dad got the job and basically he was like the last person to go tr- in the last training group to go so i was meant to be like a couple of months after him and he said they they literally did nothing they had no work so it was like really depressing so I'm, i was glad that i didn't get the job and i just i fell into recruitment and sales i worked in recruitment and sales in the uk also in new york and in europe for about two and a half years and i remember being like this isn't, this isn't right for me. And I literally just applied to do teacher training, applied to do business teacher training. And um, uh, like, I had no plan. Like that was like, okay, well, I quite like, I, I, I like talking to people, I'm interested in people, maybe I'll do this. So it was, it was never planned, like none of it, even like my qualifications and me doing a master's in psychology and education. I did that because I was really interested in it I didn't do it with like oh my gosh I'm gonna see where it takes me and now when I look back I'm like all of those choices every single thing like fits and even down to the modules that I did in my first degree I did psychology and management I did coaching like I did a module in that and I did like marketing strategy but I just chose it because I thought it might be fun like you know and so it's, it's interesting because part of me is like, was, was this always my path? Part of me was like, is it just fluke?
0: Just Hit and miss and here we are. Yeah, it,
1: it kind of, I go between the two. I go between the like, yeah, this is my purpose, my path. To I threw lots of spaghetti at the wall and some of it stuck. So that's, that's kind of my personality as well. Like, I do go between those two. Like, yeah, I'm really deep in trust to, mm, yeah, yeah, who knows? <laughs> So
0: let's talk about how your mind works. When you have these big challenges, you know, every time Mm. you kind of go up a level, how do you look after your mindset? Do you have mindset wobbles?
1: Oh my gosh. I have mindset wobbles every day and I do the work on it. Like I definitely, so one of the things that makes a huge difference to me is exercise. So I have to, I'm like a dog. I have to exercise every day, even if that's a long walk, pretty much like a dog. I don't, I don't fetch sticks. I have to give myself space. My husband is really good at seeing. So I've suffered from anxiety on and off for, you know, for years. And I'd say that I, I would say that I don't really suffer from anxiety anymore, but when I'm under stress, I get what one of my coaches calls like high functioning anxiety. So I do more and I do more. And so you wouldn't see me as being anxious, but underneath I am. So I definitely look at my workload. I look at booking things in. I look at actually who I'm spending time with. And I'm really lucky right now because we've moved to a new area, not into a new house yet, but hopefully that's going to happen. That's another another mindset story. You moved into a new area and I've got two really close friends here. And having them here, I feel like is really calming. So I also do the journaling. I dabble with meditation. I'm much better at doing a 10-minute yoga thing in a Savasana than a meditation. Don't know why I can do that for like 20 minutes and have that 10 minutes. But if I do meditation, I find that my mind wanders a lot. And, and it's about stopping yourself. It's about stopping yourself going out of a spiral when you're, And it's always the same thing. And I, you know, probably everyone here will resonate. I'm not good enough. Who am I to do that? I'm not good enough. And so the things that trigger everybody trigger me. So I can go onto social media and I can see like a conference, and there'll be loads of people that I know speaking at that conference. And I'll, you know, and that, then you'll get that. Why wasn't I asked? Is it because I'm not good enough? And like, I now recognize that I'm like, take a step back. You don't even know them. Like, this is nothing about you. How would you like those people that you know, some of them who are your friends to feel if they saw you speaking? And I love doing that, that reframe. And I'm like, oh, I'd like them to feel happy. Okay, so feel like, feel happy for them. It's not about you. And I think I should probably get a big post-it, although we know they don't stick, Mm -hmm. saying it's not about you. We make things about us which are not about us at all. The reason that I'm not speaking at that conference is because I don't know the person or I don't have a speaking agent or I'm speaking somewhere else. I'm speaking at a great conference actually tomorrow, like an HR conference with like 5,000 people from big FTSE 100, Fortune 500 companies. It's different. And I think that's the thing that you have to acknowledge. Like you are still going to get triggered. Yeah. You know, you're still going to get times. I think Gabby Bernstein wrote about this earlier, this maybe last week or the week before. You're still going to get times when you don't feel good. And it's about recognizing and also identifying the emotion and what's going on. Like that, you know, if you're feeling excluded, like what does that really mean? And is it is it even true? So. Yeah, loads of work. And like those conversations in your head when you're like, get a grip. (laughs) So on that as well, the tool that I find one of the most useful tools is a classic Stephen Covey. What can I control? What can't I control? And I come back to that. So I I, I flippantly mentioned the house. Like we are having a really extended, slightly stressful time purchasing a new house and selling our house. And when I'm getting, like, I'm feeling that anxiety, I'm like, okay, what can I control here? Like, is there anything else that we can do that we haven't done? No, there isn't. Okay. So I just need to trust. I need to trust that if we don't get this house, we weren't meant to. Or I need to trust that if we do get this house, we were meant to. And that's all I can do. And honestly, when you're able to do that, everything changes
0: yeah and i always find the um the negative voice that you're not good enough or it's not working or you know maybe you should just give up all of those things that come into your head they're always so much louder if i'm not actively doing all the things i know i need to do Mm. the exercise and the journaling and affirmations and so my first step is always go okay so where where am i am i kind of in my spectrum of gold standard like where am i and where could i do more and then Mm. that always quietens down the the negative chatter is that something that resonates Mm. with you in terms of looking after your well-being generally
1: a hundred percent yeah yeah I mean I find that rest I haven't even mentioned that but the most important thing is sleep now I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old and they like to be with mummy sleeping so if I do not get enough sleep I know, I know the science. I know that cognitively I'm not able to make good decisions. I know that I'm not able to solve problems as effectively. I know I'm not able to focus. I know my memory is impacted. So if I'm, I've had a day when I haven't had enough sleep, uh, usually my routine is I, I, you know, take the girls to school, drop them off, go for a walk in the forest or a run in the forest. I might be like, actually, I'm just going to come back and have a bath. I'm going to come back and go to sleep because there's no point running on that, that emptiness, and you can, yeah. Also, when it's your cycle, so it's mainly women who listen, isn't it? When it's your, track your cycle. I cannot say this enough. Because that time when you're having a breakdown every month, recently it's got worse. And I was like, why do I feel like I can't do anything? And I was like, wait a second. Oh, okay. It's it's this time. It's this time every month. So you know. And if you know, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah if you're aware then you can do something about it and uh, accept it in a different way
1: yeah and you know I hear lots of people saying like they don't do launches when they're when they're at certain points in their cycle and it makes sense because you're just more attuned to things that are likely to set you off down that path and if you can as much as possible like center yourself and focus yourself makes life so much easier
0: so you mentioned children in your bed. I had my son in my bed last night. So he would <laughs> just sleep in his own bed because then yes. we all get better sleep. Um, I know. <laughs> so what are your top tips for the juggle? I mean, so you've got a five and a seven-year-old, same, same as me, and you've got big business, team. How many people are in your team now?
1: So we have 24 in our team. However, full-time, I think we've got about eight or nine. So not everybody is full-time. So it's about flexibility. So, you know, in the morning, I usually get up, this is the resting as well. I used to get up about seven, but I used to get up at six and then I was like, I'm tired. So I used to get up at seven and then do like a little bit of yoga, do a little bit of journaling, have a quick check of my emails, um, quick check of Slack. Cause we've got a couple of people in the Philippines if they need anything. And then my kids get up between seven 30 and quarter to eight. And then I'm with them till half eight. We literally have two minutes from the school. So walk them to school. And then, you know, then I have that time for me and exercise and then my day usually starts about half nine till, you know, if they're not in after school club till three. And then I will do, you know, I will be with them, but I will do work in the evenings if I need to. And I think there's this big myth that that's not a good thing to do. But, you know, because my husband now works with me, I'd rather go for a walk with him during the day and talk about work and spend time with him or go for a coffee or go for lunch or maybe even go to the spa during the day. And then we can be fully focused on the kids. Like yesterday, we, when they finished school, I went round to my friends and they had they had tea there. So I was there with them and then came back. So I had to do something um, online. But you know, it's not, you don't have to do loads of work in the evening. And I would say that I get up earlier than my the rest of my family. My family are like lazy bones. Is, so at the weekend, I probably get up at seven as well. And I might do a couple of hours work between seven and nine if I need to. If I feel I need to, if I need to do some things, record some podcasts, I'll just do it then. And I think that we're conditioned to to be like, oh, you have to work this way. We have Friday afternoons off now. And it is, it's a balance. And you're often like, "Mm, maybe I've got to the other way, or maybe I haven't. But for me, as much as possible... I want to go to everything I want to go to every coffee morning I'm actually considering getting involved in the PTA although everyone tells me I'm nuts but I want to go to every coffee morning I want to be there I want to drop my kids off and pick them up and it's you know and we were going to have two days away three days away as a, as a business and then I got an email from the school saying it was a nativity and it was a nativity on the Wednesday afternoon and we were going Wednesday Thursday coming back Friday so I just emailed everyone in my team saying I'm really sorry we're going to have to postpone this. Let's do a day on the Thursday in London, but it's a lovely thing. A couple of them are staying in a hotel. And so I was like, you know, my priority is my children. And I equally expect for you guys, I say to my team the whole time, your health and your well-being. that means your physical health and your mental health and your family are what's important. And, you know, family can be whatever definition that is. But, you know, for me, demonstrating those values to people and saying it's okay for me to actually prioritize what is really important to me and work's important of course it is but it doesn't give you a cuddle it doesn't you know it's like you know you have to really think okay what is it that is going to be re- that's really going to be the thing that that makes my makes a difference in my life and that is always you know put your family first model that I've got a leadership coach and she, you know I was saying like yeah, you know, people can work, you know, people work flexibly in my business and they can do that. And like, I'm very kind of, as long as you get the work done, that's absolutely fine. However, you know, I was saying you can do this and you can do that and people weren't doing it. And my leadership coach was like, they need to see you doing it Ruth to, to know it's really okay and it's safe to do it. So I know as well that you know, it's, it, if I am modeling this and making it safe, to do that I'm letting people know and we have people of all different ages in our business so I'm letting them know it's okay to prioritize looking at you know taking your mum to a doctor's appointment rather than you know work it's okay to do these things and I think that that is cultural change it's not about giving people like I don't know I read some I read something about this on LinkedIn it's not about like giving people like pool tables and stuff like that yeah. it's about actually saying it's okay to, to work in a way that works for you. And if that means we're interviewing for somebody um, for one of our uh, for a new for a role in the business, and she said, Can I pick my kids up at three o'clock every day? I said, Yeah, of course. And I said, Yeah, you're you're contracted to work 37 hours a week, and sometimes we're gonna need you at set times. But other than that, yeah, of course you can. And I said, if if you want to do what I do, pick them up, pick them up and then come back online maybe at seven or eight and just catch up on everything fine as long as you're doing the work I'm not going to be sitting there like how many hours have you done
0: yeah I mean I this is this is what I'm all about in a mother brand it's about saying can we just acknowledge that the old working world is obsolete it doesn't work it's just it's completely flawed it doesn't work for people who want to also own the fact that they are mothers or they've got people to care for or that they have health things that they need to look after and actually all the science shows that we're going to do better work if we feel better because we're doing all the other stuff we need to be oh my gosh
1: a hundred percent and that's why I love what you do as well because it's like you are a person and even yeah I've I've got two businesses we're probably starting another business but yeah even within that it's like what are my personal priorities you know, part of the reason that we moved here is to be closer to my family. My mom is, she'll hate this. She'll never, she never listens to anything that I do there. So it's fine. Like, <laughs> it'd be really funny if she listened to this. But, you know, she's getting older. She is getting older. And now she's an hour away. And it used to be that she could be driving through London, she could be up to four hours away. So I know if I get a call and have to be at my mum's, I can be there in an hour. And it, th- things like that make, you know, that again, if I got a call and something happened to my mum, My team also know that if they got a call and something has happened to somebody important to them, they would be okay to just go. And I think that's that's what's important.
0: I'm so happy and um, pleased that I've been able to talk to you, Ruth, because it's so amazing to hear another woman building a business that's modelling the working world as it should be, like our lives as they should be. Mm. Um, And it's so exciting. Thank you. It
1: is. (laughs) thank you
0: what would your top tips be so you've gone from being setting up your own business of one person to having a business managing 20 (laughs) odd people plus doing it around pick up and drop off and exercise crazy (laughs) what would your top tips be for someone who wants to do something like you
1: okay support network first of all so support network so your friends and I would say your friends you do not need to talk about your work to your friends. Your friends stay your friends. You didn't used to talk to them about your job unless it was like a funny anecdote or something. So again, your friends. Like for me, I've got the same group of friends that I've had for most of them since my early 20s. So lean on them, your family. If you've got a good relationship with your family, but keep those foundations there, your relationships, and then look at your support network within um, within the business space. So, it's something like the mother brand is a great thing to join your membership. Like being part of those memberships, when we can going to events and meeting other people, building your network, you know like going into programs or even like building relationships online or networking, because then you're going to have other people and they will become like your office mates. And it's great. You know, I, I go to a mastermind thing. Actually, I haven't been, I've been to one of them, but we're going to do it again with lots and lots of other entrepreneurs who are kind of at my level in the UK, all women. And we get on like a house on fire and we just do like a peer mastermind. Now they're not my friend's but they're acquaintances who I respect, you know, and then there's people, you know, my coaches, a lot of my coaches I'm friends with now, but having that support is great. But at the beginning, if you're like, I don't have the money to invest in a coach, don't worry. First of all, come to me, come to like message Ruth could because always we have loads of our students who want to be coaching people. So you can get a student to coach you, but equally, you know, go into Facebook groups, go onto Instagram, go to free events, put yourself out there to meet other people in the business field, join a membership. It's a, it's a low cost investment. So network and support. And I, I think, I think it's about really going all in. So being prepared to fail and knowing your numbers, knowing like, okay, so if, if let's say this doesn't work, or it takes it six months or a year, how can I support myself? Because what I see is many people leaving the online space or setting up businesses because they gave it three months to work and it hasn't worked yet, but they didn't have the finances in place um, or the support in place if it was going to take a bit longer. And for most people, it does take longer. So, you know, just making sure that you've got that backup, that, that financial plan, I think is really important too.
0: Thank you so much, Ruth. Super, super helpful. Where can people go
1: to find out more about Optimus? Okay, so um, you can find me anywhere. I'm Ruth Kudzi, so K-U-D-Z-I. Pretty easy to find. Optimus is optimuscoachacademy.com. Brilliant. Thank you, Ruth. It's been a
0: real pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do hit follow leave a rating, leave a nice comment and share with anyone who you think might enjoy it or find it useful. See you next time.